Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about the show, including how you can watch live, go to pubtalk.live. Thank you to my Patreon podcast sponsors, Brenda Drake and Reframe. Hello and welcome to the March 27th episode of Pub Talk Live, the live publishing talk show airing the second and fourth Saturday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern. I am your host, Tara Nicholas. I'm a young adult author, a board member, and agent liaison for Pitch Wars and a library event planner. You can subscribe to Reminders via email by clicking on the link in the description so you don't miss a show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at PubTalkLive. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find a link to the Patreon near the end of the video description down below. And my regular viewers um, know this, but I am launching a new podcast on April 8th. Um, and so I added some Patreon levels for that. It's going to be called Queries, Qualms, and Quirks, and it asks published authors to share their successful query letters and then their journey from first spark um, of interest to publication. So um, heads up on that. All right. Hello. Hello. I see you all coming in. Thank you all for joining us. Um, so uh, for those who are new to the show, you'll see some people saying, hey, pubbers. And so pubbers are kind of the regulars on my show. That's They've named themselves that, which is awesome. Um, so you're all pubbers now, so welcome. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on today's co-host, guest co-host. We're doing something a little bit different today. Um, so we have, as many of you know, some 2020 Pitch Wars mentees who are coming coming on to talk about their experience. So my guest co-host today is actually also a special guest. Um, so Kaylee Carpenter is an adult science fiction fantasy writer, a seasoned YouTube content creator, a walking pop pop culture reference, and your friendly neighborhood mental health advocate. Yeah, literary, <laughs> literally pop, walking pop culture. She res resides in the swampland, commonly referred to as Florida, eats way too much Taco Bell, and ends, enjoys spending time with her husband and dog, but not necessarily in that order all the time. <laughs> so please welcome to the show, Kaylee. Thank you, Hi. Sarah. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. And yes, um, so uh let's start saying one of us yes Kaylee is, <laughs> is a pubber so we have a, a pubber joining us today all right one of us. <laughs> <laughs> um so today's or this week's viewer poll is um when do you when writing do you prefer silence or sound so I'm going to drop the link um in the chat if you haven't yet voted in it um it will close in about 27 minutes and we'll talk about it at the end so um Hopefully. And uh, a lot of people have voted on this one. A lot of people have strong opinions. <laughs> I have very strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into news. We're going to try to get through news quickly so that we can get um, everyone else on screen because we have some great guests joining us. So I'll start. The same law firm that is suing Amazon and the big five over ebook price fixing has now filed a second lawsuit on behalf of booksellers. So if you've been watching the show in the past couple of weeks, you've heard us talking about this. Um, um, so the new lawsuit accuses them of a conspiracy to restrain price competition and the retail and online print trade book market. So the one we have been talking about is about eBooks and this one's about print books. They seek a declaration that the defendant's actions are anti-competitive and an injunction ordering them to end these alleged actions in addition to monetary damages. Um, so we'll just keep watching and see what happens with these lawsuits because this is this is quite interesting. 
nobody seems to be taking Amazon on in the same way as this random law firm. Like, I don't really know <laughs> who this law firm is, but. It's pretty ridiculous too, because Amazon is so massive and they basically run every market. So I'm yeah. really curious to see what's going to happen with this. <laughs> uh, especially interesting because this past year, online retail print book sales have become much more important for bookstores. Um, for yeah. anyone who hasn't tuned in before, all the news items that we talk about, um, there's going to be a link in the description after the show ends where you can find out more about them. So if you want to read more about these um, different things uh, just after the show is over, kind of like refresh, give me about 10 minutes and um, and they'll be available. So <laughs> this is a lot of legal speak and I feel unqualified to be here. That wasn't <laughs> oh, injunction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll go to the next <laughs> item. Well, speaking of Amazon, uh, so yesterday, March 26th, booksellers from many bookstores held a Book Workers Day of Solidarity in support of Amazon workers trying to form a union in Alabama. The union vote ends Monday, and they invited others to join them, encouraged people to educate, agitate, and act by signing a petition. Because even though Amazon's big, there's still people that make a living there. So it's nice to see yeah. that they're supporting them. And uh, the link that I'm going to put in the description actually has a link to the petition. So if you want to sign it, you can do that. All right. A group of, group of former educational technology executives announced they are launching a new mobile platform called Book Club, all one word, camel case, <laughs> sometime in the spring. It will feature author-led book discussions offered in real time along with text chat. It will be a subscription service with a monthly fee, and they plan to include all kinds of authors, including self-published and celebrity authors and uh, everyone in between. Uh, they also, I, I didn't put this in the notes, but it is in the article. They raised $6 million to launch this platform. <laughs> what? Which... I don't. <laughs> Is it going to come with like a free gold bar? <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, they have to develop the the software, but yeah. Um, but that gives you a lot of idea. Like some sometimes when we talk about in the book industry, like why doesn't this specific um, yeah. resource exist? And it, a lot of times it's money because it takes a lot of money to put kind of uh, this kind of stuff together. So that's true. And also, I feel like with social media now, like the author platform has changed so much. I know there's a lot mm -hmm. of discussion with author branding, so it's per I would join that just to be able to like connect even further. I think it's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Okay, so an article made rounds on publishing Twitter this week about how Water for Elephants author Sarah Gruen, probably said that wrong, I hope I didn't, uh, became obsessed with freeing an incarcerated man and it destroyed her finances and her health. Yeah, that article, by the way, is a wild ride. I remember hearing about this a couple of years ago um, when the the Hatchimals thing happened, which is a whole other like, <laughs> like you Bizarre. just have to read the article. <laughs> it's, it, it, that is a strange thing to say in this context, but um, it is related. Uh, and yeah, it's a wild ride. So definitely check it out. Um, uh, it's pretty sad, like... Um, I mean, she's kind of like in recovering now, you know, but um, it's it's a story for sure. Oh, some sad, very sad news. You probably all heard, but um, we couldn't let it pass without covering it. Iconic child, children's book author Beverly Cleary passed away Friday at the age of 104 years old. 
Her book was her first book was published in 1950 and set the standard for a realistic children's fiction, inspiring authors such as also iconic legend Judy Bloom. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it's sad, but she had a very long life and she did so much with her time. So yeah, uh, yeah. I also uh, never read a single book of hers. Oh no, really? <laughs> I, I, lo I looked up the book list and I was like, cause I had a weird reading record as a child. And when, when I saw the news, I was like, let me look up her books. I'm sure I read something. And I went through and I'm like, nope, 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 mm. nope. So. Wow. All right. But that's that. I mean, 104. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. You know, have you read Judy Bloom? I don't. Oh my God. I'm going to send you a list. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> It's been a long time since I was that young. <laughs> um, so this past week, bookstagrammer Michelle Jackson, author Suzanne Park, and bookseller Joanna Belfer launched, launched a structured social media campaign called hashtag stand up for AAPI to raise awareness about violence and hate crimes targeting Asian and Pacific Islander communities. Yeah, and it ended yesterday, but you can still go check out the hashtag. People are still posting on it. Um, and there's like there was like a whole schedule. So you you can you'll be able to see the schedule too in the article. Um, all right. Learner Publishing Group and Read Woke founder Cicely Lewis have partnered to develop a Read Woke Books brand. It's hard to say for some reason. Read Woke Books brand aimed at helping librarians and teachers engage teens in conversations about timely subjects like gun violence and immigration. Uh, Lewis was a school librarian and she will be co-authoring the first six books in a series called Issues to Action, which will be launching this fall. So that sounds like, um, it sounds like a really great project and it also sounds like um, some future book banning attempts. <laughs> yeah. And it also makes me sad that like, mm -hmm. that's what it's come to. But I mean, I'm glad that they're doing something about it for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the 2021, okay, Sarah, I didn't, I'm Audi, like the car. Audi, Audi. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> the 2021 Audi Awards were announced last week. The audiobook of the year. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> hey. Okay. <laughs> was Piranesi by Susanna Clark, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo took home the award for both young adult and multi-voice narration. Yeah, and so um, regular viewers of the show know that I have been an audio awards judge for the past two um, years. I can't tell you what category I judged last year, but I can tell you that the book that won my category, I'm very happy about. So, oh. Yeah, I won't I say it. more than that. <laughs> well, thanks for the tease. <laughs> mm, I'm trying to think if I could give a hint that wouldn't give it away completely. Yeah. Well, Someone's going to get it. It's the internet. Someone will figure it out. <laughs> oh, for sure. It wasn't going to be subtle at all. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's a it's it's related to a musical that I have watched repeatedly and tweeted about repeatedly. <laughs> See, now I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and bring on our special guest now so we can get started talking about um, their Pitch Wars experience. So first up, we have Sean Miller. Sean is an author of all things sci-fi and fantasy. Originally from the USA, he has lived in Kuwait, Cambodia, Thailand, and now Japan, where he's taught English and social studies in international schools and leads writing workshops for kids. 
So please welcome Sean. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. You know, and when I sent the invite, um, Sean had responded, um, well, that's around like 8 a.m. my time. So it will work out great. And that is not the way I thought that sentence would end. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was so horrible because it was also like the time change, the daylight yeah. savings time in the USA. And I was like, wait, is it forward? Is it backward? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's hard enough trying to fix, trying to figure out time zone changes. Yeah. 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 Well, just know if anyone invites me to do anything at 8 a.m. my time, I will not be joining. <laughs> All right, next up we have Angela Montoya. Angela has always been a storyteller, either by dancing, writing silly poems about frogs, or putting on plays for her family and forcing her younger sisters to perform them, same. But it wasn't until a crisp February evening in 2017 that she actually put pen to paper, more like fingers to keys, and started to write. From that day forward, she became obsessed. She was around 5 AMM mentee with the previous novel, but shelved it to work on what would become her Pitch Wars manuscript, Sinner's Isle. Please welcome Angela. Hi. Thank you. I hope you guys can hear me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we yes. can. And you sound, yes. yeah, you sound great. Good. Thank you so much. Thanks um, for having our, me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Next up, we have Meg Eden. Meg is a 2020 Pitch Wars mentee, and her work is published or forthcoming in magazines, including Perry Schooner, Poetry Northwest, Crab or Orchard Review. I don't know why I try to say Orchid. Rhino and CV2. She talks, she teaches creative writing at Anne Arundel Community College. She is the author of five poetry chapbooks, the novel Post High School Reality Quests, and the poetry collection Drowning in the Floating World. She runs the MAGFest Mages literary library blog, sorry, which posts accessible academic articles about video games. So welcome, Meg. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having I me. I think you might be the first poet that I've had on, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, cool. Hannah and I can talk about that because we both did novels and verse for oh, the nice. novels. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Hannah's the next to come up. So Hannah V. Sawyer is a Sierra Leonean American writer with a passion for people and poetry. She was re recognized as a 2016 Youth Poet Laureate of Baltimore. And her spoken word poetry has been featured on the British Broadcasting Channel's World Have Your Say program and the National Education Association's Do You Hear Us campaign. Her written work has been featured in several publications, such as Rookie, Sessie Mag, Theories of Her, and more. She's earning her MFA in creative writing at the New School. She is represented by Joanna Volpe at, and Jordan Hill of New Leaf Literary. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. Um, and last but not least is E.E. E. Adams. E.E. E. Adams is a New York City-based writer and performer. Her written work often explores worlds of myth, tales of fantasy, horror, and science fiction. Hello. <laughs> um, hey, so on. I'm muted. Hello. There you go. Thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> I thought maybe you were doing it on purpose. I... <laughs> no. All right. Thank you all so much for coming today. We're going to have a great conversation. I'm actually going to take this image off so we don't block me and <laughs> Kaylee's heads here. Um, yeah. So Kaylee, by the way, you're you're now a panelist. So you're no longer a host until we finish this portion. So Sweet. sit back Got and relax. <laughs> all right. So um, a question for all of you. Um, uh, kind of just to get us started, when and how did you first learn about Pitch Wars 
And also what made you apply and was this your first year applying? I guess I'll start because sure. I just I'll jump right in. Um, I heard about Pitch Wars, I think it was 2018. And, um, and I don't know how I heard about it. I think I was on Instagram and then I just kind of heard about it through friends. And then I hopped onto Twitter because I don't really go on Twitter that often. I, I do now. But um, but it's huge. Like it, I was just like inundated with all this amazing, um, you know, material and tweets about it. And so, 2018, I actually submitted um, what a previous book, and um, I I knew I was gonna get in. I just knew it, and I didn't. And <laughs> but. Um, but I made so many friends and you know contacts through that, and I just kept writing. And then I didn't think about it until 2020, and I kind of just like I just slipped in my submission. I didn't really tell anybody because I was like <laughs> humbled a little bit from the first time. Um, but yeah, I I have been a fan of Pitch Wars. I I love just everything about it. I love that it's a mentorship program and, and the community that's built around it. And so that's what I was like, I want in. And luckily it worked out this year or last year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how I heard about it. Um, I'm going to guess it was through Laura Chauvin, who was mm -hmm. a mentor. Um, and she and I are good buds. So she probably told me I should consider that. I first applied in 2016. I had this hot mess of a novel and I just, I felt stuck. And so I was like, I just, I need a mentor. I need somebody to help me figure out what the heck's going on with this. Um, and I didn't get in, but I got really encouraging feedback from potential mentors. And it was just enough to make me feel like, okay, I, I have something to start with. And I worked on that for a while. And um, I, I had, I'll, I'll try and synopsize this, but like I had an agent um, with YA in between, I guess it was like 2018 around then. Um, so I didn't do pitch wars again for a long time. And then for 2020, I had this middle grade and I'd never done middle grade and I had no idea what the heck to do with middle grade. And so I was like, well, why not? I'll just throw it in at pitch wars. I'm not like Angela said, like, I'm not going to get in, but you know, I might as well do that. And um, I was really surprised to get interest and to get um, a mentor offer. So yeah, I, I think it's like the kind of thing, definitely go for it. Even if you think like, oh, I'm not going to get in. I always get surprised by things. So nice. So I'll just piggyback real fast because um, I feel like I'm, I might be an oddball, but I'm not sure. Uh, last year because of the pandemic and like my job situation changing, it allowed me to pursue, pursue writing a little bit more. Um, and so my CP group, which um, I think they're here in the comments, Rose and Danielle, um, I had already written one book uh, last year and it was, it was bad. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so then I wrote a second book, uh, which was the book that ended up getting into Pitch Wars. And then they said, hey, you just finished a second book. You should apply to Pitch Wars. And I'm like, what's that? Because I'd never heard of it. Um, so I applied. Uh, not really thinking anything of it. And then I got accepted. So I literally found out about Pitch Wars last year and applied and got in. So it can happen for anyone. <laughs> yeah, I can go. Um, no, no, ah. Go ahead, you first. Okay, okay, I'll go. I, I can go next. Um, I found out about Pitch Wars because of my um, book club. 
my book club read Children of Blood and Bone. Mm -hmm. And so then I looked at Tomi Adeyemi and I saw that she's like, I did this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I feel like the moment that I looked up Pitch Wars, like the, it was the same day as the due date. So I'm like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> um, and then that was like, I want to say like around 2019. And then kind of like Kaylee, I went through a massive career change that allowed me to write more all of a sudden. And um, I just started really working on this book I had in my head for a while. And then I got to, I was like, oh, it's a month before deadline. I'm like, I can finish this book. I'm going to finish it. And I, when I replied, I was like, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to apply and then nothing's going to happen. And I'm going to say I did a thing. And then the next thing I knew, I was like, I have mentors. I'm revising. Ah, what is my life? Um, but really excited. So I feel like I'm in the same boat, Kaylee, where I'm like, I just yes. put it out there and something amazing happened. Yes. I love how everything is connected because I actually, I learned of Pitch Wars because I took Tomei Adeyemi's The Writer's Roadmap course. And she like, everything was Pitch Wars, like Pitch Wars, Pitch Wars, Pitch Wars. And she mentioned Pitch Wars a lot. And so I was like, what's this? And this was around the time when I like, kind of like gave up on writing a little bit. I didn't think that I was good or that I could do it. Um, so I was pushing myself to do something. And I don't, I this was my first time writing fiction. I'm a poet. And so I used to slam. And um, I, I, I wasn't really doing it. And I kind of like just convinced myself that I couldn't do it anymore. And so like, I kind of took like a leap, like with this class and with this project. Um, so yeah, I didn't think I, I would get in, but I did. Um, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, now we're here. So yeah. 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 Uh, I found out about it for last year's showcase. I joined Twitter mm. around the same time and started following authors and agents. And I, I can't tell you, like writing community on Twitter has opened me up to so many things that I had no idea about. And I saw the showcase and I thought, oh, this is fantastic. What is this? And then I had to wait eight more months to apply. <laughs> uh, and then I did, it was my first one. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way I'm getting in. And then I did. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. So some of them are watching, but who was your mentor last year? And how did you go about choosing the mentors that you would submit to? Uh, we can start. Let's go ahead and just go around. Let's start with Kaylee. Kimberly Black. She's here. Hey, Kim. <laughs> love you. Um, so I like like just stared at the list uh, for adult specifically. Um, and I came up with like a really long list and then that list became shorter and then shorter and then shorter. And I remember specifically, I'll talk about Kim reading her bio. I was just like blown away because I felt like we were the same person. Um, and I was like, I would want to be friends with with her. She's like super cool. Uh, and luckily she felt the exact same way. And, and so now, um, we are very good friends and I'm glad that I have a, a friend for life and she helped me get my book where it needed to go. I've learned so much from her and like it just the experience alone of just getting to work with Kim and like getting to pick her brain like that to me is it, all that mattered in this entire thing. Nice. Sean. Um, my mentor is Rochelle, Rochelle Hassan. She is middle grade and middle grade. And when I saw the wish list, there was like, I wanted to apply to all of them because <laughs> all <laughs> of the mentors seemed fantastic. Uh, so narrowing it down was painful, but her manuscript wish list had so many things that I loved and 
she wanted only upper middle grade and she wanted only sci-fi fantasy and it just fit my manuscript really well. She was big into anime and I was like, yes, yes, that's the one. <laughs> uh, and Rochelle has just been amazing. Like the feedback, the support through the whole thing afterwards, she's wonderful. Nice. Can't say enough good things about her. <laughs> and Angela. Uh, I my mentor is Margie Fuston or was I say is because I still yeah. I'm still like texting her like please help me um, so I think she's just gonna be my mentor for just life and um, and I am thankful because I I need some help but um, Margie is amazing I cannot say enough like good things about her she's just like just a, an amazing human being and her like mentor technique, her critiques, everything was like genius level that I could have never gotten my book to where it is without her. So I so thankful and I, it was actually pretty easy to choose the four mentors, um, you know, that I submitted to. I kind of just went off like kind of, if I felt like we could vibe together, like their interests, what, they liked in books just in general and also obviously what they're looking for um but yeah it was really just kind of like going off of like kind of like what kaylee was saying like we could be friends and that's like then yes <laughs> nice all right uh ee um so okay my lovely mentors i see sonia in the chat and i'm like i love you too sonia um, <laughs> my mentors are sonia hartle and annette christie i say they are because they're just my mentors for life i totally agree with the statement um and remember when i was looking for mentors my book is yes um my book is um uh, it's in between genres and it's super, super dark. And so that narrowed that list down real quick <laughs> um, for people who'd be open to that. And I remember I was a little hesitant because like, so yes, I mean, I'll never get rid of y'all. Um, I was a little hesitant because um, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if they're like going to go for this, but I'm just going to try anyway, because specifically their manuscript wish list had a um, mention of like main character who returns home to their small town and like throws things out of whack. And I'm like, that's my book. That is my book. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I applied thinking that they would never even look at it and then they did and they liked it and I love them and I'm so happy. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. So um, my mentors were Liz Lawson and Dante Miedema. <laughs> I told myself I would not mispronounce it, Miedema. Um, and um, I chose them because Dante is a verse novelist. Her debut was a verse novel. And Liz Lawson's The Lucky Ones, she actually just won a Shimmy Award. I'm gonna mess up the actual category name, but it was because of her book, um, like for mental health, mental health awareness. Mm. And so those things were very important to me. Um, so yeah, it just kind of felt like a good fit. Plus it was very hard to find people who would be willing to take verse. So it kind of narrowed it down for me and I'm sure Meg can relate to this as well. <laughs> um, so it was really a matter of like, I don't know if you did this Meg, but for me, like when the, um, 
mentors were announced, I searched find verse. And like most times it would be like, I don't want verse. And so it made it like really easy to narrow it down. But I 1000% believe I joined the dream team and it worked out so well. And I love my mentors so much. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, so um, Hannah, absolutely, I did the same thing, um, and it was it, it made it easier, but it was also painful because there were some people. I love what people have been saying. If like if I would be friends with them, there were some people where I was just like I really jive with them, but then they'd say, oh, but I don't do verse. So it was just like oh, but um, it worked out perfectly for me. So my mentor is Eric Bell, who is one of the most amazing human beings in the universe. Um, but what's funny is he was not on my list. I did not um, request him. He requested me. Um, so you can select an option when you submit, um, you could check like if somebody requests, like, will, are you cool with that? And I was like, sure. So, um, yeah, I sent it in. And so I was asked if, um, it would be cool for Eric to look at my stuff and, um, Eric just exuded enthusiasm. <laughs> um, and I, I think I just like, I needed a cheerleader and I needed somebody that just believed in my stuff. I had just, um, my road to writing has been very long. Um, and I'd kind of hit, I guess, in the Save the Cat beats, like the lowest of low, right before um, Pitch Wars. And I just was like, what am I doing with my life? Nobody's going to read this. I'm not going to get another agent anymore. I've peaked as a writer, all this stuff. So I just like needed somebody that would be positive. Um, and it wasn't like Eric was just like, oh, you're great. And there's nothing when you change. He gave really constructive feedback. But he gave that positivity and believing in me and never making me feel shamed to like ask stupid questions or just like I need emotional support when choosing an agent and things like that. Like he just has been there the whole time. He still checks in on me. Um, so he created a very safe space and that's just really what I needed from a mentor. So I'm so grateful for Eric. Nice. Yeah. Eric's um, actually the, I, I had reached out to Eric to reach out to you to invite you to come on the show um, because Eric had been talking about how great you are. So. <laughs> I love Eric. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, so I, uh, my Patreon supporters who support at $5 a month or more can submit questions ahead of time for the um, panelists. Um, and so this one is from Lodestar, who's here today. He's in the um, comments as um, for DT. Yes, DT in the comments. Um, he said, psychologically, people respond to winning the competition or being chosen in many different ways. How did you respond um, were you elated? Were you panicked about the pressure? You know, how, how did you respond after when you found out you were chosen? Whoa. <laughs> I, I'm already talking. I can just keep talking. Go for it. <laughs> I, um, okay. I was, I was explaining this to somebody who doesn't do any sort of pitch war stuff the other day, um, the whole process and that I don't know about anybody else, but it was Pitch Wars was announced this at the same time as the election. I'll be very neutral about this, but I was incredibly nervous um, to the point where I was sleeping from 10 to 12 hours a day. Like it was a whole thing. So I slept, I overslept through the Pitch Wars. Now I found out like at 10 a.m. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> because so like 12 I was, hours later. Yeah, so like I was stress sleeping. Um, and it was just a moment of massive like relief and then like excitement. Mm -hmm. It was this thing of like all these things I've been worried about are suddenly resolved themselves in some capacity. So I felt really, I was under too much stress to get any more stress. 
<laughs> that's that's where I was. Mm. I was I felt a lot of relief and I was like, well, I guess this this book is gonna be a book. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I found out six seconds after it was posted. <laughs> Um, because I turned my Pitchworth Twitter notifications on. Nice. Um, and I actually, my my friend Allison is here. She's in the comments, but we actually submitted together. And I saw her name first because I think the list middle grade comes before YA. And so, like, I screamed for her, and then I scrolled down, and then I screamed for me, and then I called her, and then we screamed together. So Aww. that was, <laughs> yeah. I knew she was gonna get it. I knew. I just wasn't very <laughs> confident in myself. So I was like crazy mix of emotions, so. I don't know what to add from what EE said, because I think that was basically exactly me of like, everything's on fire in the world around me. I can't be stressed any more than I am. And it was it was that excitement and relief, because um, I kept trying to manage expectations because I tend to not manage expectations. I get disappointed. I kept saying, well, he seemed really excited about it. It seems really good, but I know he hasn't like pick for sure. So let's just be hopefully optimistic. And so then um, it was just a great relief. And I think just, I felt like I won then. It was like, I don't know what will happen in the showcase. I don't know anything else, but somebody believes in this project enough to pick it. And that's really all I need right now is just somebody to believe in my work and to believe that like I could do this new weird thing that I did. So um, yeah, that was just like the victory moment. Thanks. Yeah, it was, for me, it was one of those weird, like, I had my phone in my hand like, because I always do. And I um, received an email notification from Margie Fuston. And I was like, and my head automatically just went to, oh, she's just going to be nice and be like, hey, you know, thank you for letting me read it. Like, but it sucked. Like, sorry, you know, but, um, <laughs> what I was expecting. So like, I, I did not read I did not read the subject line. I did not read the opening. I went right to the end where she was supposed to say like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm gonna pass. Um, but it didn't say that. It was like, welcome. And I was like, well, I won't cuss, but I cussed a lot. And then I like, and I just had to keep reading, rereading it just to make sure my it was my name. Like, oh, what if she, you know, sent it to someone else? That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I did like a victory in the kitchen by myself and <laughs> and I went running up and my husband was in the shower like I ripped open the door and I was like I got it <laughs> and um, he was like to what and he had no idea <laughs> what it was um, so then I just went and sat on the stairs and started crying <laughs> so that was my big moment <laughs> um they, the mentor's request, so I had gotten some requests from mentors, but I, and then you answer some questions that they might ask you in like the month period of, of mentors deciding who they, who they want to choose. But I hadn't heard anything for three weeks. I had heard nothing. So I was like, there's no way, like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then I saw a tweet. Of, what was it? It was like noon my time because I'm in Japan. And I saw a tweet and it said Sean, and I'm like, no, surely it's some other Sean. And there actually is another Sean. There is Sean. another Sean. So it's <laughs> it's like, no. But no, it did end up being me. And I saw their tweet from Rochelle, and I was in disbelief. I was like, I had to double check with people. Is this me? Is this me? Yeah. Um, so before I answer the question, my biggest fan, my grandma, requested that I give her a shout out because she's watching. So, hey, grandma. Oh, um, <laughs> grandma. Um, 
So my situation was weird because I had been telling myself, like I had gotten um, multiple requests throughout like the process, but I kept telling myself, it's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. And then in the same week, I know that EE mentioned the election was happening, but in the same week that like pitch wars got announced, I think actually within two days, I had lost my job. I had gotten COVID and I had just started antidepressants. So like my brain was like firing on a thousand and one cylinders. And I remember like my phone wasn't on me. I was just trying to like veg out and watch like Shit's Creek um, and just not pay attention to anything. Um, and then all of a sudden, like I noticed I had like my Twitter was going crazy. So I start trying to check. And then I get a phone call from my friends, Danielle and Rose. And they're like, oh, my God. And they're like screaming. And I'm like, I was like, what? What? And then I start checking everything. And then the next thing I know, I just burst out crying. But I think the crying like they were like, are you okay? Cause like, I sounded like I was sobbing in a sad way. And I'm like, this is just a lot to handle right now. <laughs> I was like, at least I have time to write. Cause I lost my job. So it was just, it was like, it was a lot, but that's all I can say. It was a lot, but I had, you know, now, now it's better, but it was a yeah. lot. <laughs> I was one of those people yelling at you on Twitter. So sorry. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. So throughout the whole process, um, you kind of, you all kind of knew a little bit, at least what Pitch Wars was. Um, but what was your biggest surprise when it came to the entire Pitch Wars process? Did you have anything that surprised you along the way? I think it's, a oh, go ahead, no, no, you go. I was just going to say it surprised me that my book wasn't worse than I thought it was. Um, because, because when, when Kimberly and I sat down on our first FaceTime to like go through the story and like, um, her thoughts about it, um, and she gave me her notes, um, I assumed that it was going to be like, okay, this is wretched. Let's revamp it all. And in, in a way we kind of did change the story in its entirety, but the bones were there. And so it was kind of it was really cool to like sit down with her and just like kind of brainstorm. And like, she would say something about how something um, maybe should work a different way. And then it would, it would trigger me to be like, well, what about this? And then she's like, yes, that's great. And so I think just realizing that there was more in my head than I realized and the story wasn't as bad as I thought was the biggest thing. <laughs> I love that. I love that a lot. For me, it was the, actually was the stress I put on myself. That was the biggest, I, I guess I just wasn't ready for um, like feeling this like sense of adrenaline the entire time. Like mm -hmm. as soon as like Margie would like, oh, let's get it back to me, you know, Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I'm gonna get it back to you two weeks before that. And then like, I would be pumped and doing all this stuff. And she's like, you know, re relax, like it's fine. Like we're not, we're not like in this race. I'm like, no. Um, so for me, and I think that's just in life is just like learning to like reel it in and be patient and like kind to myself and allowing that space and, um, and also like self care because like I was getting up at crazy early and doing all this and just trying to get it in. And um, like by the end, I was like, I was fizzled out. So I think for me, the biggest surprise was just my own like, um, like sense of just like go and just having to pull it back. Mm. Anybody else? Yeah, no, I was thinking for me, I, I um, 
just how like collaborative writing can be. Like, I like what you were saying, Kaylee. Like, I love like the fact that, and I think this is, well, at least in my experience, this is very like specific to fiction because it's such like a longer work that like, like speaking to my mentors about it and they're like, okay, well, like, you know, like what if you do this on this page, but then you have to think about it on page 170 and being able to like bounce off mm -hmm. these ideas with someone who is like willing to like take in like your whole like large work was kind of mind blowing to me. Cause I was so used to like, even if I have like friends who critique a poem, it's like you critique this poem and like <laughs> you critique like three words cause there aren't that many words <laughs> on the page. Um, but just, yeah, like how collaborative fiction can be and is by nature like even like the idea of like having critique partners like you know like i didn't know that that was a thing and yeah like that's it for me i'm hoping i'm answering your original question yeah, but, yeah. yeah i would also oh wait. i would no, just, I was just quickly, saying, yeah no just i would just really quickly piggyback off of that that i was even though I, I'm like, I asked for this. I asked for mentors. <laughs> I asked for mentors to be in my process with me. And I was just always so surprised by how supportive they were and how invaluable it became to have somebody who just like already knew my book and loved my book. And when I would be like, I want to throw this whole chapter. I want, I wanted to throw, I wanted to throw out a total uh, character POV at one moment. And my mentors were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> They're like, whatever anxiety monster is in your head, that's not it. Like, this is what this is doing for you. So calm down. Um, and it was just really invaluable to have people there when I had ideas or I got stuck or I got frustrated for me just to express that and to say, I think I want to do this thing. Um, and there was there to, to receive that and to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah, I would say that the amount that I've learned about publishing, about the process, has been way more than I than I could have imagined going in. And a lot of it, obviously, has been my mentor who I asked, like, at least a question a day. I'm sure she was so <laughs> sick of me. She like, um, but she is wonderful. She answered all of them and was, like, so supportive. But also from the Pitch Wars community and like all of us uh, 100 mentees on discord our smaller middle grade chat on twitter just like if anyone wanted to know something about something someone knows the answer like or someone can find the person that knows the answer and that community even with the mentors has been amazing i have learned a hundred times what i knew about publishing going in this is really great because um so at Pitch Wars, there's often a lot of really public focus on on the showcase, right? Because the showcase is public and that it's the part that people can see. And and a lot of people go into Pitch Wars only thinking about the showcase. And we're we're constantly trying to talk about how the mentoring process is is really the value in Pitch Wars and really like an important part of the process. So basically I'm just gonna take the last five minutes of video and make everyone watch it. <laughs> um <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned, Sean, the um, community, because that was actually the second patron um, question. Um, Lodzar had asked, people always talk about the community of pitch wars, um, but everyone talks about the marathon of editing with your mentor too. Did you get to interact with mentees often during your pitch wars season? And obviously you did. <laughs> 
Anybody yeah, else totally. want to add anything to that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'll just say that um, all of the all of the Pitchforce group, especially for questions in a large Discord, but the middle grade our chat our middle grade Twitter chat has been so supportive, especially post showcase, post showcase blues, you know, of just waiting of like, oh, when are these agents gonna reply? And everyone has been so supportive and wonderful. And uh, it, it was so necessary. It was great, I love it. And I hope it continues. Um, it's funny that this is a question because uh, I, I mean, speaking for myself, I was one of the few, or I don't know, few that like chose not to join the Discord um, until just about the showcase was starting. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would say I regret not doing that because I think it allowed me to focus. Um, that being said, I really wasn't uh, in communication with like fellow mentees while I was doing my revision. So I can't say if it would have helped or not, but. I know now being in the Discord and having the community post Pitch Wars and post Showcase has been great. I've, I've made a lot of friends there. Um, but yeah, during the process, surprisingly, it was just me and my mentor. I was like focused, so. Yeah, I would piggyback off that because I love that we have the Discord. I love that we have the Twitter chat. I just like did not have the emotional bandwidth. Um, I had a heavy course load and this, and just I was like, I, I and so many digital friendships, I guess, especially because of COVID. Um, but I love that. Like I have a debut group from um, my novel um, from 2017. And I loved that this was here because it was similar to me. We just, community cannot be um, overstressed. Um, you write alone and there's so many discouraging things, but it's like all worth it because of community. So I'm, I'm happy we have the Discord and the other things. And I hope in the future I can be more involved. Just, yeah, like Kaylee, I, I was kind of like, I just need to do the edits that I need to like, not get overstimulated because there are yeah. so many channels and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it, it, I, I love that it's there and I love that I always feel like I can go there if I need to ask something or just want to talk about something. Yeah, I I found myself like engaging with Discord or not as as just as needed as the process went. I'm also, I'm in school, I'm in grad school um, for dramatic writing at NYU. So I um, have a whole lot to do. <laughs> And uh, the most, well, the most helpful thing I found on the Discord was doing writing sprints. And just you would, and I love that. No matter what time of day I logged on, I knew that somebody else would be there writing. And there are many, many times where I'm like, I'm going to go in for 20 minutes, and I'm just going to, you know, go and do something else. And I end up staying for like two or three hours, and just getting so much more work done because somebody else is there keeping you accountable. Yeah, um, I love that you. Um brought up sprints. I'm a huge fan of sprints. Um, I love sprints in the Discord. I loved doing like Zoom sprints with some mentees. Um, yeah, actually me and Allison, I, I brought her up earlier, but I see she's in the comments, like, so I know she's here. But um, her and I used to do Zoom sprints before we started Pitch Wars because we met at like a it was like this kidlet class that we both signed up for and some i forgot whether i brought up pitch wars or she did and then it was like you're doing pitch wars i'm doing pitch wars you know like that spider-man meme that's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> when we started um pitch wars and we both got in it was all it was like oh okay i met someone who loves doing zoom sprints so we like asked them to come and it just like grew and grew and grew and like yeah it was nice. just it's just cool i i love it um yeah i'm not as come to wednesday What'd you say? Come to our Wednesday writing sprints <laughs> with Sarah. Oh, I, no, I definitely will. I'll, I'll, I'll DM you, but 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't as active in the Discord. I tried, but like, I don't know, man. It was so yeah. overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> it can be overwhelming. Yeah, I understand yeah. that for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Kaylee mentioned it. So yeah. Um, so on Wednesday on my channel, we do um, writing sprints from 8 to 9.30 Eastern. Mm -hmm. So we do three 20-minute sprints. So everyone is welcome to join us anytime you have the time. Some weeks, it's the only writing I get in in the week. <laughs> um, so me and my co-host, Bess, are on camera. And so we do 20-minute sprint and then 10-minute chat and 20-minute sprint. And we do it three times. I don't. I got lost. Um, yeah, so you're welcome to join us. Anyone is welcome to join us. All right. Um, did I miss anyone? Did anyone not say their biggest surprise? Or no, the community, sorry, it was a community question. Okay. Um, okay, so even though I just told you that like, um, I wish people would focus more on the mentorship than the agent showcase, we're gonna talk about the agent showcase. <laughs> um, so uh, how did it go for you basically? How did you feel about it? How did you handle it um, while it was going on? So for me, it was kind of nice for me because I was I'm on the West Coast. So when mm -hmm. it opened, it was like nine o'clock and I was just watching a documentary on Netflix. So like <laughs> so I was chilling and watching a show with my wine and um and I was just like pretending I didn't even know it was happening, you know, just the whole thing. Um and so I it, it, it was just like this crazy experience because, you know, we were, some of us, if you got, if you wanted to, you were, you know, being fed, you know, kind of what was happening, just like a very general sense of what was happening. And um, so my mentor was like, well, do you want to know? And I was like, is that a question? Like, like send it in. And so um, it was just being kind of sent in as, or as she was getting it, she was sending it to me. And it, it was wild. It was such a wild ride. The entire experience was just so um, fun. <laughs> but like coming down from it was really hard. Like, <laughs> fun. <laughs> that, that's yeah. all I can say about it with, <laughs> without crying. It was fun. <laughs> I feel like so many of us have been laughing. I think everyone on this call has laughed at least once because when you asked that question, it was like, oh, the showcase, that was a thing that happened. Like I endured yeah. that. Like, <laughs> no, the showcase, literally for me, it was so anxiety inducing. I remember it was like 1 a.m. And I knew my mentors were probably asleep, but I was like, I haven't gotten a request and it's been up for like an hour. Like it was so, oh my gosh, would not want to relive it. I love it. It was great, but <laughs> I'm glad it happened, but would not want to relive. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'll go after whoever just, yeah, I'll go after. It was, it was very hard to be distracted to other things. I think maybe especially because mm -hmm. of COVID, because I feel like if this had been normal times, I would have been like, we're like going on a trip to see family for a week and we're not thinking about this. Um, but it's literally like the only thing I looked forward to because I hate winter. So it's like, we have to survive till showcase and then the world will start blooming and, you know, we'll get out of our caves. And so it's like, I, I didn't want it to be the thing I put all this hope on. I kept trying to stop that, but it was like really hard for it to not be because there's COVID. So, um, mm -hmm. and so it was really distracting. Um, 
but it was amazing too. I, I agree with Hannah. It's like, it, it, since I never want to do that again, it's kind of like a wedding. Like this is the best day of my life, but also I'm grateful I never been planning on doing this ever again. Um, and so I think it's a great experience, but um, just so many emotions and um, gosh, yeah. So much in such a short time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I think I, I told my mentors, I went through every single emotion the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I cried at least four times. Um, I had I had class, but that was a joke. I'm like, I'm not paying attention <laughs> to class right now. I'm looking at this Google chat, like refreshing every two seconds. Um, and yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's that it's a whole lot of emotions, and they were like, and what I the thing that I I, don't, I think that I um. I did not expect was at least in my experience they were all very good emotions just a lot of them yeah. and i just like a wedding was like that's great i don't need to do that again <laughs> like, just, yeah i think uh, drained very drained at the end of showcase it is being a little humble but you had a, a ton of requests I do, yeah i do i don't i don't i so i i okay i feel i feel so weird uh but yeah well, no, i had a like, lot of requests yeah. and it was an overwhelming amount of like people want to read this I'm like that's great that this is this is a good thing why am i crying <laughs> a lot of um, a lot of requests can be very stressful so like yeah. that's something we we try to talk to mentees about too is like mm -hmm. getting very few requests is stressful but getting a lot of requests is also very stressful and it's like mm -hmm. it but it feels weird for people who have gotten a lot of requests to say that right because it's like you know, you don't want to like humble brag or whatever, but yeah, exactly. both can be very difficult. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> um, okay, firstly, like... firstly, uh, my grandma's been texting me and she wants me to tell all of you that you all look great. So. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Thanks, Thanks, Grandma. Thank you. So, I have I have feelings uh, about the showcase. Um, I have feelings. So. First of all, let me preface that like Kim was so great because the first thing she said to me was don't get your hopes up because I write adult science fiction fantasy and just don't get your hopes up. So like I went into it not having my hopes up, but I'm a person who has feelings. And so my hopes did elevate slightly. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> it was hard because I got a request on the first day uh, and I was like, oh, I almost cursed, but like, oh, I, I didn't expect this to happen. And um, then it was crickets the rest of the time until the final day when I got another request. And then actually the showcase closed and I got a request in my DMs on Twitter because <laughs> they ran out of time. So I ended with three. Um, <laughs> and so I've been cold querying. Uh, and it's, let me just tell you, like, just I'm so happy for everybody who got requests, like genuinely. And I understand that I write in a genre that's like a little bit harder to get into. Um, but if I had a choice, I don't think I would have done the showcase because um, I know that we had a choice and I wanted mm -hmm. to do it. I was dead set. I wanted the experience. But like if I were to ever do Pitch Wars again, I think I would skip the showcase and just mm -hmm. go straight to cold querying because that those five days because adult open first were so genuinely stressful mm. um again great experience like i pitch wars the experience for me was working with kim and getting my book where it needed to be mm -hmm. but the showcase was like an added bonus but for me the bonus was just like stressing so much that i feel like i died and then like revived over and over so yeah <laughs> mm. 
I feel that one. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so like Kaylee was saying, it's, it's, I think preparing for the showcase was equally as stressful because you only have 300 words that you get to put on there. And mm -hmm. for some people's book, that's really difficult to try to sell your novel in those 300 words. And mm -hmm. I know that at least in middle grade, some people have been a lot more successful post showcase with cold querying mm -hmm. with a, a longer query letter. So it does put a lot of like stress and emphasis on the showcase. For me, uh, I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Rochelle, my mentor was like, Do you want me to message you any updates? And I was like, Sure, I will be asleep. Like I to go to when I like when morning starts in the USA is when I go to bed. And then so when I wake up, it'd be kind of the evening in the USA. And then I saw that I had some requests and I was like, Oh, this is great. But but I think the hardest part was trying to get to sleep <laughs> and mm. like because uh, yeah you just lay in bed keep thinking about it but i think having the community and having the other people that are going through it at the same time and messaging each other and saying hey you know i am also like that i'm also like you this is the same situation um we have the same genre we are experiencing the same thing was incredibly helpful was really mm. helpful um yeah, there was a lot of emphasis put on the showcase, like Kaylee was saying, um, and there's goods and bads. Um, I enjoyed it. It was great. But yeah, it was stressful. It was anxiety mm -hmm. inducing. So. All right. Um, I wanted to say something, but I was listening so much to you that I forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So the mentees can decide um, if they want. So we we tell the mentors as the requests come in, we email them um, who requested, basically. And, and the mentees can decide if they want to hear, like, as it happens or um, once a day or not at all or whatever. But I do, I can't even remember who it was. So, like, I honestly, I can't tell you who it was. Um, but someone had decided that they didn't want to hear until the very end. And then they started getting a lot of requests. And I was like, you you need to talk to your mentee because they need to start researching the literate agents. Because, like, all of a sudden on that last day, you have, you know, a lot of requests. Like, um, that's you need that time <laughs> to prepare, I think. Um. Um, and it was funny because I was just interviewing Marianne Marlowe for my new podcast a couple of days ago. And she was she was in Pitch Wars as a mentee early on, right? And she was saying, um, you know, in, in the showcase, I got nine requests, which at that time was a lot. Um, and, and it was. And, like, it's weird how much has this changed because I remember when Ellie Blake was my mentee, we had the most requests that year with 11. Like, it was the most in the entire contest. Um, and, and now obviously it's, it's, it, there's a lot more attention on it. And I kind of, I kind of miss those days when there wasn't as much attention on the showcase, you know, mm. but it, it can be very exciting, but it's also very stressful for everyone. <laughs> it's stressful for our team that are sending the emails out too, because like oh, yeah. we're sending out thousands of emails and like, if we get one wrong, like we get someone's hopes up and you know, and we, yeah. we only had, as far as I know, like two mistakes this year. And one of them turned out being like the agent that we told them requested actually ended up requesting that thing later. But, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's very stressful. Hmm. 
All right, so we are going long on time. So um, it's time for the final question of the evening. It's a question that I ask um, every guest on the show. And that is, um, what is the most important book you've ever read and why? And we'll go backwards this time. Let's start with Meg. So I feel like I have to stipulate first with the Sunday school answer of the Bible, but that because I'm a Christian and the Bible's obviously very informative for me, um, but I feel like that's kind of a cop-out answer. So I'll say Blood Dazzler by Patricia Smith, which is a phenomenal poetry collection about Hurricane Katrina. Um, and this just opened my mind, it blew my mind. I read it in my first poetry class in uh, community college. And I learned how creative poetry can be. Um, she tells the story of Hurricane Katrina from so many perspectives. Um, and so I was like, the Superdome can be a perspective. Hurricane Katrina can be a perspective. So it just blew my mind of what writing could be. And I constantly go back to that as a mentor text for my novels and verse, as well as for poetry. Nice. Hannah? Can I cheat? Can I do two? <laughs> I set the standard, I sorry. Thank you. I will say the first person to do that was Danielle Clayton. And I'm not telling Danielle Clayton no, so I'm not gonna tell anyone else no. <laughs> Okay, um, first I'm gonna say Letter to My Daughter by Maya Angelou. Um, I read that book in high school. It was one of the, I was not a huge reader in high school and it was one of the only books I read like because I wanted to, like it wasn't in my school curriculum. And I just remember it feeling like a hug. You know, mm. she didn't have any daughters but she wrote it to, you know, she called, I think in the, um, in the first letter, she mentions that like anyone can be her daughter. And I was like, I'm Maya Angelou's daughter. But um, yeah, and then second, I'm gonna say Juna B. Jones because as a seven-year-old reading that book about this girl that just did whatever she wanted all the time. <laughs> Juna B. Jones. Juna Jones. Nice. E.E. -E. Um, so I like, of course, I'm like, there's like six books building my head. I'm, I'm gonna pick one, I'm gonna pick one, not six. Um, I think the most, the, the book that like found me at the same time that I needed it um, was a book of short stories called uh, for a Blood Child by Octavia Butler. Mm -hmm. um, it has her positive obsession uh, uh, manifesto, which kind of became my own manifesto <laughs> at some point. And she was the first like, woman of color who I had seen doing any any kind of writing that I wanted to be doing. And it was like, oh, like there is a space for you. Like you can write the stories you wanna write. Um, and I read that book, I was like my freshman year of college. And like, I have, it's on my bookshelf ever since. Like it goes with me wherever I go. Hmm. I love that. Angela? I, I can choose one. Um, I, it's, I think we all know, like there's a book like, in different like parts of your life, there's just like, you find these books, right? And you just collect these certain books that help you through life. Um, my my dad is a poet, so he published a book when I was a little girl and I just carried that thing with me everywhere I went. Um, so that was for me. And moving on a little bit up, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11, was scary stories to tell in the dark. I know it's ridiculous, but I clung to those little books with my whole little heart. And I don't know if that just shows you um, what kind of human I am and how like <laughs> dark I can be, but that's where I lived 
um, when I was a child and I love those stories still. And I gave them to my kids. Like we read them any chance we get, but now they're too cool. So hmm. I'll read them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a tough question. It's so hard to pick one. Like uh, as a kid, um, I love the golden compass and I love the outsiders were like hugely influential for me, but perhaps the book, uh, would be a long walk to water, which is one that I taught as a teacher and my kids just loved it. Every single chapter, they're like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And the best part about that is that it's a true story and it opens up my students to this world and people that they don't know about that they've never experienced. And mm. to me, those are the best kind of books the ones that open you up to things you don't know, that teach you things. I love those. Nice. Kaylee? Okay, Sarah, don't get mad at me, but like, I don't listen to rules. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pick three, but I have a oh reason. My God. <laughs> I have a reason. No, and I'll be very quick. I'll be very fast. So, okay. The first, like when you asked the question, like three books popped into my head. The first book that made me want to read, like that got me into reading was Wayside School is Falling Down, like years and years ago. Mm. The second book that I read that made me want to imagine and made me like, like made my mind expand was the Transal Saga. The third book that made me want to actually write, like, like writing uh, was any, well, basically anything by Vivian Vandevelde, but like specifically Heir Apparent was like the book that got me into, I think I've read it like 50 times, but like, it's the book that made me want to become an author. So. Nice. Laura. Laura said, I think Sharis should also answer. I will also say Daniel Clayton was also the first person to turn the question back on me. Um, so if you want to hear my answer, you can go watch that episode with Daniel. <laughs> Get those views, girl. Get those views. <laughs> it was a good episode, too. It was Heidi Heilig and Daniel Clayton. And it was just like a great conversation. I think they just went, like, I asked one question and, like, the conversation just went on for, like, 30 minutes. So... Um, it was great, a great episode. All right. Um, well, thank you all so much for joining me tonight. Um, me and Kaylee are just going to finish up a couple of things on the show. I'm and sorry, Laura. Laura in the chat. I just, I, I, I'm just ignoring Laura. That's what I do a lot of the time with Laura. So just ignoring it, pretending like it's not happening. All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to say goodbye to the mentees, except for Kaylee, and we'll finish all the show. Um, but thank you all so much for joining me and sharing your experiences with everyone. And hopefully this helps people who are thinking about joining, um, go entering in the competition, you know, make a decision about what they want to do. So thank yes, you all so do much. It. Do it. Thank That's you. the last thing I have do to it. say. Do it. Yes. <laughs> thank, best you. Of thank you, Sarah and Kaylee. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank I'm going to um, take you all out a one by one. So just... Everyone's going to kind of disappear. Bye. <laughs> All right. It's funny he said Sarah and Kaylee because, you know, my sister's name is Kaylee. And I'm so used to hearing Sarah and Kaylee together. I don't I don't think I knew that. Oh, I, yeah. That's so funny. Wait, is it is it OG Kaylee from Wednesday? No. 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 Okay. No. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, so uh, I don't have an audiobook of the week right now, um, uh, but Kaylee actually has a book that she wanted to share with everyone to recommend. So we're gonna yeah. go ahead and do that. 
So I wanted to recommend uh, who I was with her. Um, this was actually sent to me, <laughs> ironically, as a, I was, it was an ARC. Um, however, because of COVID, it didn't arrive for three months. So now it's already been out. Um, but it's basically a coming out story. Um, it's a uh, young, uh, young adult. Uh, highly recommend. Um, it's I don't want to give too much away, um, but I can... Uh, just tell you that if if you are struggling and you are trying to find yourself, um, this book is very emotional and it's very good and it's great. Um, so I can't recommend it enough. Sarah, are you muted? My mic was muted. Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> um, I haven't read that one yet, so um, I'll check it out. I, th I think yeah, she's I, rep by um, Eric Smith. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. Um, all right. And we're going to discuss a viewer poll of the week. And I haven't opened it yet because I forgot to prepare for this portion. So give me just a second and I will pull it up on screen. And no one look at my notifications. <laughs> um, I'm just going to share this real quick. There it is. All right. So when writing, do you prefer silence? 37.6% um, said silence. 22% said music with lyrics. 28.9% said music without lyrics. And 11.4% said other sounds. Um, and so a lot of the other sounds are kind of like, you know, coffee shop sounds or nature sounds. And some people like to have the TV on, um, that kind of thing. So how about you, Kaylee? What do you prefer? I mean, looking at this is bizarre to me. I have to, like, I specifically make playlists for, like, every book that I work on, which I have a lot of works in progress, but um, I have to listen to, like, music with lyrics. Like, it's it, it's bizarre. Like, I can't, I don't know what it is, but I have to write to lyrics. It, the, the something about, like, the music combined with the words, just, I don't know, it's weird. So, like, seeing silence is, like, the main, I'm like, how? What do you mean? Um, yeah, I do know people who are like, I can't write unless there's complete silence. And um, I, I, I can write inside. I can, I can write with any of them. But that's also something that I've like consciously done is yeah. because I don't want to be the person who's like, well, I can't write because there's noise or I can't write if I don't have my playlist or whatever. And that's something that like kind of I kind of learned from Jonathan Mayberry because he's so prolific and he does so much. And I was just like, how do you get it all down? You know, how do you get it all done? And he told me, he's like, well, I can write anywhere. Um, and in any situation, in any chair, you know, some people need their social chair, they need the right snack or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he he, wa he wants to make sure that he's going to be able to write wherever he is. And so ever since then, I'm like, I try hard not to get into too much of like a, a rut, you know? Yeah. Um, that's but so, That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I'm at home, I usually pull up some kind of, there's so many YouTube channels that have like jazz with like a coffee shop sounds. Yeah, and the then, sound, yeah. And the, the screen though is beautiful too. They'll have like this nice like painting of like a coffee shop or like a slightly animated um, image. Um, and so I put that up on my TV and especially since like COVID so I can like Oh, pretend, that's a good idea. Like, I have a TV right here. I yeah, never do thought it. about doing that. No, um, I um, 
I've actually, even on our Wednesday uh, writing groups, like whenever we go to the 20 minute sprint, I always turn on my music immediately. And there have been a couple times that like, I didn't hear you say, okay, well, that's time. Cause like my music's on so loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is interesting. Um, I honestly expected the other sounds to be higher. Cause I know a lot of people use kind of like ambient yeah. sound mixers and stuff, but um, the 37.6% y'all worry me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And like, what is silence? Like we could even discuss like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We, I had that conversation the other day. I, um, cause I didn't realize that like a lot of people don't hear like electric appliances. Like they don't hear the electricity in their appliances. Like the, buzz like the buzzing you mean? Yeah. Oh, I hear and that. And I do, and it's distracting. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like background white noise, like permanently. Like that's yeah. what I associate it with. Um, I said I did a writing sprout on Zoom where everyone left their mics on. The pitter pad of keyboards was surprisingly helpful in getting those coffee shop vibes. Interesting, because I did a Zoom where everyone left their mics on, and one person was like, I don't know what you call it, where when they type, it's like percussion. And that was so distracting because it was so loud and it was like all you could hear. Yeah. Um, but yes, that would be Kim, a little not too everyone hears electricity. <laughs> I know. I, that's like, that's like that concept that I heard where some people can't like, when you say the word apple, they can't see an apple in their head. Mm -hmm. Like they only like know yeah. what you're saying that's another concept it's it's like that because like i can see it but i it's hard to imagine people can't it's so yeah. weird um, people people are strange like everyone is so unique and weird and different and i love it yeah. <laughs> um uh jay said i listen to coffee shop ambience while i'm at a coffee shop because it's less distracting <laughs> that's funny i it's used like to <laughs> I used to, when I was studying, I would turn music on and the TV on because if I had one or the other, I would get distracted. But if I had them both and it was just like noise. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen and... That's it for the viewer poll. So um, that's pretty much it. I just have the outro. So we're going to say goodbye to Kaylee. And um, I'll just finish up with the closing announcements. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thank you, Sarah. I'll see you later. I'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Um, also tell your friends because that's how they find out about things like this. You can also subscribe via email with a link in the show. Um, and you can, um, thank you so much to my Patreon guests. You're going to see their names in a minute. Um, I just really appreciate all of their support and especially the last couple of weeks when I've been launching this new project, um, providing feedback and guidance on it. It's been super great. So the link for that is in the description if you like to do the Patreon and, um, social media for all our guests are, is in the description. So make sure you go check them out, find them on social media and, um, Oh, upcoming, we have the Wednesday write-ins. It's still going on every week at 8 p.m. I'm going to be a little late to this week one week. So Pubber Laura is actually going to be on screen with Bess. Um, so you'll see her at the beginning, and then I'll join whenever I get off work. And then on April 6th, we have Agent Chat Live with Devin Holiday of Transatlantic 
agency. Um, so come back for that. It's a live interview with a literary agent. And also I want to mention on April 3rd on Saturday, I am an event planner for Orlando um, Public Library. And we have the Orlando Book Festival, which is our big author events of the year. It's virtual this year. And our opening keynote is going to be Angie Thomas. And our closing keynote is going to be Alyssa Cole. So I'm super excited because those um, are some of my favorite authors. And I'm just really happy that we were able to get them this year. So I'll put the link for that in the um, in the comments in case you want to check that out. You do have to pre-register for the Angie Thomas event. So make sure you do that. All right. I think that's it. Everyone stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, and we will see you next time. Bye.